Welcome everyone to your ongoing journey or leap into a new world of opportunity. Inside Japan podcast is a stepping stone for your next adventure. It is a show filled with informative interviews, perspectives on local life, and how you can master your path into the unknown. For today, kick back and listen to the wisdom of our host, James. James coming to you with episode number 36 of the Inside Japan podcast. How you doing out there, my friends? This show is, as always, brought to you by the Patreon supporters out there and jobsinjapan.com, where you can find a great job or your next great job in Japan today. Speaking of today, I got Raphael in the house today. And uh, we, he's an interesting story. It was kind of tough to title this interview because we covered so much and his kind of story was went so many different places. But as you can see, I obviously haven't decided yet. So whatever you read, that's what I decided on. So hopefully it's good. But uh, before we get to that, I do want to tell uh, share a little bit of news. So if you're listening to this live on Friday, that was the third week of January on Friday in 2019, um, and you were getting re- ready for the JET interview, please do try to join me for this JET webinar that is coming up on Sunday, Japan time, Saturday night, East Coast time, I'll be interviewing a current jet and uh, going through his entire interview from start to finish. We'll do the exact same thing uh, to hopefully give you guys a little practice because I know the jet interviews are coming fast and furious. So this is designed to help you do the best interview you can do. Again, for the times, the 19th of January at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time and the t- January 20th, 10 a.m. Japan time. So uh, if you need the link, Check the show notes page at ALTinsider.com, or of course, you go to the ALT Insider Facebook page, and you can see the link there as well. So back to this interview with Raphael. The point this time is knowing that you don't have to stay in Japan forever. That's my message for you this time, guys. I know sometimes you come to Japan, you, some of you out there might have this pan, like, when I get to Japan, I'm going to stay forever. But just know you don't have to do that. Just listen, enjoy, and learn the tale of Raphael in Japan. Okay. All right, guys. Very special guest. His name is Raphael. How you doing, my friend? Very well. Thank you, James. How are you? I'm doing really good myself. This is a, a podcast a year in the making here. I sent you a message on Twitter a long time ago because I thought you'd be an interesting person on the show. And now now we're here. And now you're you're not in Japan, though, right? Now you're in a, somewhere far off land, right? Where are you, to, no. where are you right now? <laughs> well, a long story. I'm sort of traveling around the world, but... Um... I've been to recently since I actually I left Japan, so I've been I've been to Europe and then I've uh, South America, and then I'm in a few in a matter of a couple. I don't know when you're going to publish this podcast, but in, in a couple of weeks I'll be in you know, settled in Australia, uh, getting ready to start a postgrad degree, a PhD. Awesome. In in art, yes. Oh, there you go. All right, guys. So let's, we're going we're gonna to follow Raphael's career through his long career to get ended up to this point where he's traveling the world. Uh, but uh, yeah, so long time ago, yes. you, you were interested in Japan so much that you wanted to go there to work, right? So why did you get interested in Japan and how did you come to Japan in the very first place? Very first place. Okay. My first memory of Japan was seeing uh, uh, Kira Kurosawa films from in the, the 80s, the ones he made in the 80s. Do you know like Run, Kagemusha, those ones? I don't know why I, 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 maybe my mom showed them to me or I got to watch them somehow, but I thought there was something so different and interesting. Those, the, the images in his films, the, you know, the samurai battles and the castles, that was something so different. That, that was my first image of Japan. And that uh, after that, I sort of never, never really thought about, never really gave a thought about going to Japan. But 
I I ran into this scholarship that the, Jap- the Japanese uh, Ministry of Education they give away to foreigners, and uh, that's when I was at uni. And this scholarship still exists. I apply for that, and that for uh, you can apply for an undergraduate degree or for postgrad. I applied for the undergraduate, and I got it. And then I went to Japan. Okay, cool. That sounds like a good great place to go. You got a scholarship, awesome. So, uh, yes. what were the requirements for that scholarship? Do you have to do it like an essay or anything like that? Sometimes you got to do that kind of stuff, right? Yeah. Well, okay. I had to file. I, I went to the consulate, and then I applied for it, and then they said, "Okay, come for a test. Uh, so you have to sit an exam." And it was in English. It was not. It was not in Japanese. It was all in English, and they ask you things about. They ask you questions. There was an English test because I applied for something in the humanities. There was an English test. There was a uh, maybe history, economics, things like that. I can't remember exactly. I, I then I think I did well enough in that test that they called me for an interview, and uh, I think I impressed them enough that they say, "Okay, he's good to go to Japan to study there, mm-hmm. and we will pay him to study there." And uh, yeah, it's sort of similar to JET, the JET application, in, in a way that is very complica- complex and it takes a long time. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I encourage people to check out this. the Maxed scholarship is still running. And, uh, yeah, it's a very good uh, entryway to Japan if you can get it. Yeah, also awesome. It's a, a lot, not a kind of not talked enough, uh, talked about enough way to get to Japan is, is scholarships. Mm. Yeah, they do exist. Um, so, no. yeah, so what, what was your experience like when you first got to Japan? How, what did you think about it? Where were you? I, okay, well, then I was sent to Tokyo, and uh, I was sent to Tokyo University of Foreign Studies, and uh, which is a famous, one of the famous universities in Japan. Uh, I found out later, I didn't know. <laughs> and then uh, there, you, okay, that's, that's when it started getting a bit crazy. You, they cram the 10 years of Japanese language education that they teach prim- uh, primary school kids and junior high, high school into one year. <laughs> so the foreigners can become proficient enough to become academically, they can, uh, you know, become academics in Japan or study or do a uh, complete a degree in Japan. Wow. So I, yeah. <laughs> and that's where I learned Japanese. Uh, look, I was well taught. The teachers were very good, I thought, but it was very intense. And, uh, I don't. Th- I don't think I look. I I retained a lot from that year that uh, of study, but uh, of course I couldn't remember all the, all the kanjis and uh, you know uh, the kid the kids from Asia from China or whatever to Korea they they had a much easier time. The Westerners or from people from Eastern Europe or Middle East, of course they had a harder time. Mm-hmm. But uh, I found that. Um, yeah, it was a, look, it, that was how I learned Japanese and uh, I think it was I was a very good I was a uh, it was something as a, a experience that uh, I cherish. I think it was a very good experience that I had in Japan that though this year of study in a very intensive manner. Awesome. I mean, that, so just to not to that's we got a lot to cover so I want to move on a little bit. But I want to know is that something like that kind of study that method of study is that something you recommend someone do if they have a chance to do it? Well, yeah, but you, you yeah, but you have to get into a, 
if you can get into to, to Tokyo University of Foreign Studies to study Japanese, I think that's the education you're going to get. But I definitely recommend that. I recommend it. But I mean, it's a very unusual path. It's not not everyone takes that path when yeah, they yeah. study Japanese. Yeah. But look, if you are if you are like of university age, and uh, you're thinking about going to Japan, I think look, that's would be an awesome way to do it and to learn Japanese. Yeah. Okay, so uh, you get this. You, now you finish this this year. Um, what's your next step? I guess you you obviously like Japan, so you want to keep going back. But what did you what did yeah, you do yeah. next? But then, like, I sort of look. I had some issues, and then I ended up leaving because, like, uh, look, I'm. You can hear it in, in my accent. <laughs> I'm sort of not a native English speaker, but uh, I'm I'm born in Brazil, but I'm Australian as well. I have both nationalities. Okay. So yeah, so I sort of I ended up leaving Japan. I think I. And uh, I went to Australia, and then I spent some years there, just working, studying, sort of like uh, wondering what to do with my life. And then again, and then I thought I'd give it another go uh, by doing a work working holiday in Japan. Okay. Yeah, and that's what I did. That's that was this. That's when I came back. So I kept. I sort of. I, I, there was. I. I did this. Moving back, uh, uh, moving to and from Japan a couple of times. So I left Japan after the course, and then I was, I was in Australia for a bit, and then I went back for a working holiday. Oh, okay, so you were kind of you knew you wanted wanted to be in Japan, so you took this working holiday yeah. at work. Okay, and what, what what kind of job did you take there? Like, there's a lot of different things you could do for working holiday, but what did you do? Yeah, well, I did you know the odd English teaching, and then I did uh, I think that something that you've mentioned that you wanted to do like the working in a ski resort i did oh, yeah, that okay, yeah yeah that, that, yeah that's, that's i always talk about that on the show because i think it'd be the coolest thing uh as a way to experience japan in the beginning obviously not a career but uh <laughs> so what was that like tell us about that how is, is it as fun as i expected <laughs> well look you know it, it was interesting it was very interesting it was very i didn't stay there for much, very long time but i i went to a ski resort in the most unlikely of places okay which in a place that you, I think is near you, where we live, where you're in like uh, in Kyushu or something, isn't yep. it? Yes, I, yes, I am. Yep. I was uh, I, I got I, I was sent to a, a ski resort near Hiroshima in Shimane. Oh, okay. <laughs> which is not a known place for ski. No, no, no. It's not, not, not at all. That, not that far north in Japan at all. No, no. But uh, they have ski resorts, but I think it's just for the Hiroshima locals. Uh, to have a place to ski, and that's where I went. Awesome. So, so I don't wanna, yeah. So was it? I don't want to stick too long on this, but was it like I imagine? It's like you know, you got to work the, the the day, doing what you got to do, maybe cleaning the ski lifts, doing the I don't yeah. know, work at the shops or whatever. Uh, but yeah. at nighttime, there's a lot of foreigners around that don't have anything to do, so it must be like a party every night, right? Is that true or well, not? Am I wrong on that? Um, partially. Well, uh, we we lived in a dorm. They gave us a uh, like a shared tatami room, like a big tatami room. And they have all the employees slept together in their room. <laughs> and then uh, um, I did, I worked the lifts, yeah. And then they say, okay, your shift goes from this, uh, from this time, finish, you finish this time. After that, you can do your snowboard, your ski if you want. And then, uh, and I did that. Uh, and, but uh, look, it was very isolated. I couldn't get, at the time, soft, I had a SoftBank phone. That was a long mm -hmm. time ago, and the SoftBank, uh, the their signal, their antennas, they were not very spread out. I dis I didn't get phone 
uh, I didn't have a uh, signal. Wow. <laughs> so I had no yeah, contact with it. I was, I was basically, look, I was, I was becoming the shining towards the end of it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, Shimane is very uh, Inaka for anyone who doesn't know. And uh, yes, that's that's interesting. So when you work the lifts, right, it's a lot of hours just sitting there, right? If, especially if you don't have a, a busy place, right? Yeah, yeah, you just sit there and you welcome the customers and you press the buttons. There's not much to do. It's sort of like, <laughs> yeah, you just sit in the cold and uh, you wait for your shift to end, then then do your skiing, your snowboarding and for free. Yeah, <laughs> right? yeah, all for free. Yeah, yeah. So is yeah. that something you, you know, obviously you didn't do it that long, you said, but is that something you would recommend someone do if they want to just get a taste of Japan for a short time? Um, yeah, yeah, well, yes, well, look. Um, we'll get to this later on, but I also live in Hokkaido. Look, yeah. I, you look if you want to do, if you want to do it as in a, if you're doing a working holiday in Japan, you I say try it, uh, but be wary of the companies. Like there are some uh, not so trustworthy companies hiring foreigners for these jobs. Yeah, uh, but the job in itself it's pretty simple and easy, and you get paid. Look, depending where you come from, look, you get paid maybe, you know, a, a little bit above minimum wage, I guess. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, uh, it's yeah, you know, no one's it, getting rich here, but it is kind no, of a yeah, fun, yeah. <laughs> fun little thing yeah. to do. Okay, so let's after that, that, that let's, let's fast forward a little bit more. You got you said you went to Japan a few times working holidays. Yeah. Uh, so then after those kind of stint of those, what happened next? Okay, then my next stint in Japan. Okay, because then I finished, because I mentioned that I hadn't finished my degree when I was younger. I finished my degree a little bit later in life. Okay. Uh, and already, uh, I was already like 30 and uh, 30 something, 32 or something. And then I did JET. I applied for JET. I looked that for a number, I wasn't planning on, on applying for JET, but uh, just it just happened that the timing was good. And I, and I thought, maybe, oh, maybe I'll go to Japan for a couple of years. And, uh, and then I applied for JET. And uh, since I already had this experience in Japan, I thought that uh, I thought I had a pretty good shot at getting the at least the ALT. I didn't apply for CIR. I th- once I got to Japan, I th- I figured that I would have been I maybe I would have been able to get a CIR position as well. But I applied for ALT and and I and I got I was selected as a Jet ALT after I graduated. Yeah. First of all, what year was this when you applied for Jet? Just for reference. They'll, I applied in 2013. 2013, yes. Yeah. So this is not, yes. not too long after they started accepting um, non-native English speakers. Wait, I think that's a yeah. So that yeah, right. yeah, 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 yeah. So that so obviously um, that's interesting though because you obviously were accept- successful and you're not a native English speaker. So uh, could you tell us how? What did you talk about in your SOP? What did you? How, what What did you? Why do you think you got accepted? I guess I should ask. Why? Okay. Well, yeah, but yeah, but uh, you can. Well, firstly, I applied as an Australian, ah, okay. so smart I didn't smart apply movie. as a Brazilian. Yeah, I applied as an Australian. Uh, they wouldn't take a Brazilian ALT. They take, they have Brazilian CIRs, but no ALTs. Yeah. I got a, I applied as an, an Australian, and uh, when the prefecture, so I went to Shiga, right? And uh, once I went to Shiga, I figured I, I noticed that they liked to bring in this. There was another lady like me. She was also a, she was like a, a Canadian. She was not a native English speaker, but she was a Brazilian Canadian. There was another Brazilian American. There was a Mexican American. There was a Puerto Rican. A Mec- uh, and there were people from Quebec 
also French speakers from Quebec, uh, okay. not native English speakers at all. And uh, so I noticed, and there, ah, there was also a Filipino person, but he was an Irishman, both Filipino descent. Uh, okay. So I noticed that they liked this, the something slash something type of people in Shiga because Shiga has a lot of migrants working at the factories. Oh, and uh, yeah. And uh, so if you speak English and Portuguese and or Spanish, I can speak Portuguese and Spanish as well. And uh, if you can speak English and, you know, uh, uh, Tagalog, whatever the language, it, would, it helps with uh, a lot of the kids at the high, junior highs and the primary school, the elementary schools in Shiga because they're foreign and they know they're just learning Japanese. They're just new arrivals. So that's a particular thing about Shiga Prefecture. Oh, cool. And, uh, but, and about my statement, why did I write? I wrote that, uh, look, I thought that I, I had, uh, I mean, my previous uh, sojourns in Japan, I had learned a lot. And I just wanted, I thought I wanted to give back something by, by teaching the kids. And uh, I wanted to give, give back to Japan what Japan <laughs> had taught me. I wanted to, you know... Uh, keep that exchange alive. Uh, cool. Yeah, well, that's, yeah. A good, that's a good angle for sure. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's what I said, yeah. So you got accepted. Uh, I'm sure the interview, you did great in the interview. Uh, so let's say you got accepted. And what was your, you know, we can't talk about everything, I'm sure, but uh, what was your thoughts on the JET program and how, how was it for you overall? Look, it, they were very welcoming. I think, I'm not going to mention the city. <laughs> I just say it was in Shiga. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Shiga something. Okay. Yeah, yeah Shiga somewhere. I mean, look, uh, for those in the know, you know which, uh, you you will know with which city I'm talking about. There's only a, a two or three cities that have a lot of LTS. Anyway, uh, I thought they were very welcoming at first, uh, but um, yeah, I I noticed that they would take some uh, look. Jet is a very it's an exchange program, uh, and it's also a job, you know. And if it's a job, there. Are, I, I believe there are some labor laws that uh, every you know, employer and employee should follow. I thought they were like some people. Was, you know when they ask you to renew the contract and it's really early in the year, right? Yes. And they said, "Do you want to renew for next year?" And you have to you have to tell them like six with six, seven, eight months in advance or something, right? And some yeah. people are like, "Ah, oh, I don't know, don't know." And some people change their minds, right? And they then they start saying, "Well, look, but we you said you're gonna decide, and we we chose we have our budget now, and well, and uh, I I thought that uh, well, look, it's a job, like you have the right to give a one month notice if you if that was the case. If yeah. there's someone have a pressing issue and they have to leave Japan, or look, they really there's something that happened to their family that they have to look." I mean, I think the Board of Education just has to accept. But they were I thought they were not very flexible with those uh, things. So you weren't sure about you, – you, you didn't, weren't sure if you wanted to recontract and you wanted to wait a little bit to give them answer, right? That was that's the, um, I sort of had that issue. Yes, I had that. But uh, there were other people who also had that uh-huh. issue. And uh, the recontracting thing, they were so early on. Yeah, uh, that was a bit of that was a little bit problematic. I thought I yeah that was not so uh, greatly managed, but yeah. But anyway, 
did you did you end up saying I want to recontract or did you end up not Well, look, that? I I recontracted. Yes, I did. But then uh, I st- and then I stayed another uh, year, but then uh, I decided to look <laughs> for some personal reasons I decided to move to Hokkaido. Oh, okay, okay. So yeah, you, you yeah, from Shiga. So, oh, okay, okay. So you decided to uh, you stay one more year, but then you said, okay, yeah. I, I got to go to Kaido for whatever reason, personal yeah. reason, then you left there. Okay, okay. So let's, yeah. I, I guess, to, to, to close it out then, what was the job like? Was it a positive job for you? Or was it, uh, you think it was fun or not fun? Uh, was it fun? Yeah, yes. Look, uh, they gave me a very tough, uh, like I had two schools, mm-hmm. uh, and one, uh, my main school was a uh, lower level. Uh, and it was in a bit of a it was in, in a bit of a tough area, but uh, look, the kids were great. I, I, I enjoyed teaching them very much. And uh, look, I, I, like just I knew that they look they were doing their best, and then I but I knew that they were not going to go to a university. They may finish the, the education at high school. That's what their teachers were aiming for. <laughs> and then I had my second school. And the and which was the you know the clever school the kids were very academically savvy and they were very talented kids who play the piano and they go and uh, play the uh, they have those national competitions in Japan right and they were, and uh, and this uh, the speech contest contest thing the they win the speech contest and they'll go to Tokyo like they were very very talented a lot of very talented kids. And they were brilliant to teach. They were so clever. And, um, and they, really, they loved having me there. I really felt like they, they, they requested my lessons. <laughs> when is Rafael says they're going to come? Like they, 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 they always ask for, for me to come more often. But the Board of Education only gave me one day at that school, so I couldn't come uh, okay. uh, anymore. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. So... So I saw two extremely different uh, realities in the education of education in Japan. Yeah. And uh, look, they were both good. And they were, of course, there were some bad uh, times as well. But uh, all in all, look, uh, it was a good good experience. I think that was okay. Okay. So then, okay. So then you had, you want to go to uh, let's talk about your move. Then you went to Hokkaido for some yes. reason. Uh, what did, what did you do for for work there when you got there? Okay, I'm I'm not going to mention the name of the corp of the corporation. There's a one of the big ones. Okay. They were hiring. Uh, there was a big uh, ALT. Uh, uh, I, I, how can I say it? Uh, there was an issue with the dispatch, dispatch issue. Company? Okay. Yes, yes, one of those. And uh, and there was the I'm going to name the board of education now. The supporter board of education. Uh-huh. Uh, and they had some shenanigans with uh, dispatch companies, and uh, that's when I applied to be an LT there. But then I arrived to in Sapporo, and then I said, "Hey, you have no job." I, I said, like I applied for the job, and they said, oh, "You have a job. You're an LT in Sapporo now." Okay. And then I hi- arrived in Sapporo, and then I said, "Oh, by, by the way, you don't have a job anymore. The job doesn't exist." And then uh, <laughs> that happened. What? <laughs> that, yeah, that happened. Japan. Wow. And, okay. So you, they, 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 okay. Let me just make sure hundred percent clear. They said you, this dispatch company said you got a job. Here it is. And then you got there, and they said the job's not there anymore. 
It doesn't exist, yes, because the Sapporo Board of Education decided to break contract oh, all of a sudden. Okay. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah, okay, that's the thing to have just so people know. Um, every Sometimes every year, sometimes every three years, dispatch companies fight for the contract with the Board of Education mm. to, to be able to work there. And there is a lot of times, happened to me too when I was in ALT, that the dispatch company you're working for uh, loses mm. the contract and then you don't have a job, right? So that obviously yes. you, you just had the timing that was – you had the timing where they have to hire people for the next year, even though they're not sure they might, they're going to get the contract or not. Uh, yes. They hired you, and then oh, they lost the contract. Now you're up the creek, right? So what that's happened, right. What'd you do? What'd you do? Uh, well, I just did the odd whatever English teaching job I could. I mean, look, uh, can I just go like? There was a very. I'm sorry. I'm going to go back to the topic of what happened in Sapporo. There was someone yeah, sure, sure. who came who came from the UK with his family and then he got caught up in this and then, then he, oh he applied for the job he got the job he moved from the uk to with his family to support her, and then oh you don't have a job anymore wow so there was there was stuff but anyway <laughs> uh, uh after that i just did the uh, odd english a or whatever i could do but uh, i was looking for things that were not english teaching and um uh, I found a job. I did find. I like I mentioned before. I studied art at school. With uh, I did photography, and then uh, uh, I did a lot of videos as well. Uh, so that's my interest. I'm interested in creative uh, in the creative industries. So I in Sapporo, I did find a job that is not that was not English teaching. It was in a in an industry that I think not many foreigners work in in Japan. Oh, okay. What is it? Yes, I yeah. So I got a job at this at a video production company. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, so which is quite a big one. I, I'm not gonna name it, <laughs> but uh, uh, yeah, it was a. They make very big budget commercials. That I mean, the thing is, a lot of foreigners don't really watch television in Japan. I believe. Yeah, and uh, so, but this company I work for, they made a lot of national campaigns, and uh, there were a lot of things that were shot in Sapporo. Even I was there for the shoot, and uh, and got broadcast for national in national television later on. Uh, so it was mostly a commercial video editing camera, and they were trying to do you know use new technologies now. You know, there's a lot of drone. Uh, uh, footage in commercial and films and uh, using 360 cameras, things like, and technology like that. So, uh, yeah, so I did that job after I got away from English teaching. Yes. Cool. So I I guess, how how did you find this job? How did you go? Was this an online ad or was you word of mouth networking? How'd you find that job? Well, I wish I wish I had a very cool story to tell. That look, look, I'm so cool, I'm so connected that I I, I had a, like this very famous guy told me. But no, a simple an online ad, <laughs> simple an online ad. <laughs> okay, so there you I go. Guys. You can for, find jobs like that online. That's cool. Yes, um, and I've applied, and I think because the owner is a bit eccentric, and uh, he thought like, oh, like a foreigner applies for this job. I, he he was impressed that a foreigner they they had look. I've got the N2, JRT N2. Yeah. Uh, uh, so I have uh, reasonable speaking ability in Japanese. 
Uh, and I think the owner of the studio, he was just so impressed. Look, a foreigner applied for a job in, oh, and uh, that they called me for an interview. I think it's just to check, okay, well, it, it, does, can, can he really speak Japanese? Uh-huh. You know, okay, oh, okay, oh, he actually can. All right. Oh, that's cool. So you, it was just a job for, for Japanese people, uh, not for Japanese people. It was a job like just put out there for anybody and it was yes. really, okay, that's cool. So that's that shows you can do that, right? So don't be yes. afraid to apply no, for jobs for Japanese people if you have the talent, uh, if you have the Japanese skill, yeah. Uh, absolutely. Apply for any job if you think you can do it. If you have the confidence, apply for it. Uh, you never know what you're going to get. You can get, you can make, what I mean the worst you can get is a no. Honestly, when I applied for the job, I thought like, look, this guy's like, they're very high level. They, they're doing very high budget stuff. Like I, I was doing like ALT work, like a, just last, I, I, like they're not going to, I thought they wouldn't hire me, but then they did. So <laughs> yeah, there you if go. Nothing else, yeah, if nothing else, the, your, your resume is going to stand out because you mm. know, you're, you're probably the only person foreigner applying, right? So they're definitely yes. going to read it and maybe give you a chance. So yeah, that's cool. That's so right. How, yes. What was, what was, how was, how was that? I mean, what was that job like? Was it, was it, I mean, how was the pay? I guess I should ask. How was it? <laughs> the pay. Okay. It, it was better than Interact, <laughs> but, but I wouldn't brag about it. It worse than Jet. Okay, worse than Jet, better okay. than Interact. There you go, that's over. Yeah, okay. Uh, how was the job? Look, I was actually, when I started, I was really excited. I thought like, look, wow, um, I'm going to work in a creative job in Japan that could be like, be really something. And uh, look, we did some very big jobs. Uh, uh, I was just a runner. Look, I was just like, because I was new. Look, uh, they wouldn't let me. Look, they, were, they had cameras that cost as much as a house. <laughs> right, that's they use cinema. They were using proper Hollywood equipment, right? Proper lighting that costs thousands and thousands. You no know, huge uh, chroma key green screens, right? Yeah. Uh, top of the top of the line software. Not 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 even Photoshop was a bit a little bit middle of the road for them. They were using more high end stuff, and they're like, wow, uh, I was really impressed by the level of of the level work they were putting out and uh and i thought wow amazing and they they actually look they we need if they say oh we need an image of the french countryside they wouldn't buy it from a, a stock from a stock image website a stock video website they'll actually go to france and shoot <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah they had yeah, the budget man, to do that that's crazy yeah. yeah well we need an image of africa well of an african like they will go to Africa and, uh, and then that will become a commercial on Japanese television. Wow. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it sounds cool. It sounds like, uh, but how did, I guess that had to come to an end, right? So how, let's get to the well, end point. And then, but then, uh, the, but the longer I stay there, I figure out like, look, it's the stereotypical Japanese salaryman job. Oh, I mean, okay. there was nothing creative about it. Uh-huh. Uh, <laughs> um, just people working from eight in the morning to midnight all day, every day, all day for no particular reason, you know, uh, but because I think foreigners are not uh, a lot of people, uh, foreigners who move, uh, Westerners move to Japan. They're not really aware of, there's a company called Dentsu. Uh, Westerners generally don't tend to like Japanese drama or the variety shows, the comedies. Yeah. The commercial. There's a consensus. I think it's pretty. Most foreigners don't 
enjoy that type of Japanese entertainment. Agree. And uh, and that's because well, Dentsu runs everything in the in the entertainment industry in Japan. They run the, all the talents, all the commercials, all the channels. Everything's go through them. They do PR for the government. Uh, if you, if whoever's interested, uh, if you want to look it up, Dentsu, there's a, there's a video on YouTube. Uh, I think it's an American man. He explains what Dentsu is. Yeah. Uh, it's uh, so I'll I'll point you to that video, uh, to that. If you can point, I'll give you the link later. Yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, so. So the shape of Japan, the entertainment industry is all run by this one big behemoth of a corporation. Yes. And it's just a big bureaucratic body that sort of like, you know, the strip, uh, you know, throwing its weight around in the creative industries. Uh, so I thought, look, I'll go to a shoot. Oh, I went to this shoot once in the snow in Hokkaido. I was there for one week. It was a huge budget commercial with a big celebrity. And uh, it was very, like, they, it was in top of the line equipment, like, amazing stuff was going on. But, but then I got out of it. It was a great experience, but I got out of it. I was like, look, wow. Even if I got to that level to become the cameraman, be the director, like this, like it was, I didn't feel the, the they were being very creative there. They're just like taking orders from the mm -hmm. clients, like from the corporations that, uh, which in the West is a bit different. Of course, uh, the people, the Hollywood directors or artists, they do commercial work as well, but they want to keep that in artistic integrity as well but in japan that thing is a bit uh, everything is the commercial and art and you know, the pop music they all sort of are one big one big thing that's not really separated mm -hmm. uh, maram sorry sorry to get yeah it's getting a bit uh <laughs> off topic maybe yeah anyway <laughs> that's cool okay so then yeah. you, i can see that i can understand that you 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 could you felt like no matter how far you get in that company you can't really be creative there it's kind of you still are following someone's orders that makes sense so that but yeah. however you need, you need work though so what what it kind of what was your next step then okay then my next step was okay i finished that job i finished with that job and then but while i was there i was thinking look like uh i i'll I see myself as, as an artist and I want to work and I see myself, look, the thing that I, I enjoyed uh, uh, about being an LT was being an educator and learning about how to teach different types of people and interacting with different types of kids and, in classrooms. And, uh, and I see myself as an artist and I see myself as an educator at the same time. Uh, I, I see my, and, uh, I see myself as a researcher, so I like researching, discovering new things. So I was thinking while I was, while I was working at that video uh, production house, I okay, okay, well, I'm going to apply for a PhD. Mm -hmm. Well, I'm Australian. I apply for a PhD in Australia. I'm not, I, I couldn't do it in Japan. It would have been too, uh, it, it would have been uh, the language barrier. Uh, I mean, look, I, I can't write academic Japanese, you know, uh, uh, that's just yeah. too hard for me. I can, I can level. write. Yeah. Yeah. And also, you know, uh, Australia is much more of course, cause, uh, being a citizen, you, you get all the support that Japan wouldn't give me. Uh, so 
I thought, well, that's my next step. I'm just going to go back and uh, look, I, I got to a point that, look, I, I, I got to the conclusion, it's okay to wave the white flag and say, look, I maybe, I, maybe my future is not in Japan. <laughs> Yeah, I don't think that's a white flag, though. I don't think you should think of that as a white flag. I get what you're yeah. saying, though. Like, you had a dream to find another work in Japan, but, you know, it's not a white flag, right? It's just a different way about doing it, right? Yeah, yeah. I think, well, look, I, I, I didn't, like, oh, I didn't, oh, I'm defeated. I lost, oh. Uh, it was not a negative thing. I think, look, like, maybe I'm not made for Japan. Uh, maybe I can do better work in a, you know, in a West, like, you know, country like Australia, which is a bit of different society. Uh, and maybe I, yeah, well, look, I'm also a foreigner. I'm also seen as a migrant in Australia, but, uh, in a different way, in a, uh, in a more engaged way, Yeah. which in Japan, I think, uh, you and I will never be, I guess. Did that weigh on you? I guess when you're in time in Japan, did you feel that kind of, I, I can never be accepted here? I mean, not accepted the wrong word. You are accepted. Uh, but you know, you're not really, uh, you never be a Japanese person. That, that's, that's fine. You're not going to be a Japanese person, but some people think, wow, this is always, I'm always going to be the foreigner working here. Right. Yeah. Well, it, it did. It did get a bit tiring. Yes. Um, or, uh, no, simple things that you think that you know how to do in your home country and you don't know how to do or like, uh, oh, uh, there was a, a, uh, a nice anecdote from my job at the video house. Uh, I had to sign an NDA and a non-disclosure agreement. So, okay, they still give me the paper. They give me the document. Okay, this is a non-disclosure agreement. Please sign it. I signed it with a pen. That's what they told me to do, right? Uh, but, okay, and then they come back next day and they say, oh, actually, it's not a sign. It has to be a stamp. It has to be your uncle. Okay. <laughs> and then I put, I had my, the, I forgot the name, the simple one, the, the cheaper ones, the, 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 not the fancy ones. I had the, they had that one on me. Okay. And I put this, the, that I, I stamped with that. And then they come back to me the next day and like, actually it has to be the proper, the more fan, the fancy uncle, but because that's otherwise they won't accept it. And I was like, wow, that took that, and that took so long just to sign a non-disclosure agreement. Like normally <laughs> yeah. you read it and then you sign it and you, it takes about a minute. And that would have taken in this whole process we're taking about, I don't know, I didn't count, but it took a lot longer than <laughs> it would have taken in a, you know, in an English speaking country or yes, West. Yes. Yeah. 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 But so this thing is like, uh, I go to the bank. Uh, it, it can something may come out, so come up that you you never know, like that you and that sort of like that it makes life a little bit hard. Living in Japan and sometimes probably living in every every a lot of other countries too have small things that make it a little bit harder than it would be in your home country, right? And a little, mm. these little things, if you live here for long enough, uh, like you do, they can add up, right? They can kind of get yeah. to be this kind of oh man this little tiny problem but if you had to do it a million times like i've had I know yeah. what you're talking about too when you go to the bank right and i fill out this paper perfectly in my head i you know mm. I write everything japanese i write everything and it's like well you didn't sign on the right line oh, yeah well, do everything again you know and that kind of stuff and it's i think it's okay to let that b bother you and i think it's even better for you that you let you bother you, you said okay well Maybe I'm not right for Japan because a lot of people just stay here anyway and say, well, I want to mm. be here. So and then they start complaining about everything. Right. So yes. I think it's kind of yes. it's worth it to, to. That's why I wanted to talk to you, too. It's like the, it's OK to say, OK, I'm done. In, I've had my I'm done with Japan. Right. I think it's a totally fine decision to make. You know what I mean? Mm.
you've probably met, I've met many of these like a jaded, uh, long time English teachers, whatever, and they just all they do is moan and whinge and whine about uh, this and that, or oh, Japan is Japan that. I didn't want to become one of them. So, look, I I wanted to, you know, to cherish the good experiences that I've had, that I had there. And uh, look, uh, it always, look, people uh, like uh, Japan is around the world. People are curious about Japan. And if you, you know, you know, you have that insider knowledge that will be always a skill you can use. It's it's not, look, it's not going to be my job. I'm not going to be like, uh, become a Japan specialist. Uh, I'm I'm gonna do work that is not necessarily about Japan. Maybe yeah. sometimes it will take me there, but it's not gonna mm-hmm. be my focus. But it's good to have that uh, yeah. background too. Yeah, learning a language is never gonna go to waste, right? You learn Japanese now, you can use that somewhere. It's never gonna go to waste. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And then you show. Look, you showed. Look, you move from a Western country to Japan. You show it. Look. You are you are as flexible as you get as as a human being. Like <laughs> there isn't like in terms of being flexible to adaptability, you are as mm-hmm. a, as adaptable as adaptable as you can yeah. as a person can be. If you if you did that and you I mean you, for a reasonable amount of time, I mean and you took the challenge on and you've learned a, a language that is so different and customs and everything so different from your home country and you came back. And you still, you know, you still moving forward. Like that's, I think, that's also something to be. Uh, as, as a, also, it's a great experience to have. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, that's why I think it's it's definitely um, it's good challenge. You kind of challenge yourself too. If you if anyone out there is not in Japan now and they're thinking about it, they're interested in. You gotta. If you, if you don't do it, you always have that wonder in your head, you know, like, well, mm. what if I lived in Japan? You know, so it's definitely worth it to do it. And uh, you might get here. And like mm. Ra- Raphael did here and, and be here for a long time and then say, well, my time is done. You know, I'm kind of done with mm. this and that's totally cool, right? So Yeah, yeah, um, it's cool. It's, I guess uh, just to kind of – let's fast forward then. I mean you, you decided to go to your PhD and I guess is that where we are – is that where you are now in your, in your real life uh, storyline? I guess where are you now? Where I'm in – well, well I'm, uh, I'm still traveling. Um, my PhD starts in a few days uh, depending, on, depending on when you release this – podcast yeah, yeah. <laughs> we will yeah, begin uh, yeah in the beginning like well, as soon as 2019 uh we're we're ready in 2019 it's starting very soon so yeah i'm i'll move back to australia and uh settle there and do my work and uh be in and now i have to be responsible really responsible for creating my own work i, I mean i don't have a bo- i don't have a boss I don't have a teacher telling me what to do. Like I have to come up with the goods uh, myself, and uh, that's a different kind of pressure. But that's the pressure that I like. I guess uh, so. Just to final kind of wrap it up, I guess. I mean, what kind yeah. of you've had? You, you, how long total were you like kind of in Japan? I guess your total time in Japan was how long? Yeah, would have been uh, short of seven, more than six. But six or seven years, yes. Six, seven years, yes. That's kind of a long, long time to be in Japan. Uh, uh, kind of, yeah. Way more than, is way different than just a year and enjoying yourself for a year and having fun. You mm. kind of stay there for a long term. So, what kind yeah. of advice would you give somebody? That's what, what? Maybe I guess if you could go through again, uh, mm. what would you do differently if you had another chance to start your Japan kind of live like wow. Japan life? What would you do differently? What would I do differently? Wow. Okay. I'm gonna say a cliche here, but like, look, expect the unexpected, and. Uh, uh, look and have that 
you gotta have you find you have some inner balance mm-hmm. to not let all the barriers that you find in Japan no, don't let them you know shake you like uh, if you have a plan if your plan is to be in Japan and find a career in whatever field do it if you have a plan okay I like Japan but I have this other idea don't let Japan distract you at the same if you know what I mean like if you have yeah, the, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. like uh, whatever have you mind whatever you have in mind be true to yourself if it's in Japan that's that's what you want to do you may you may you will find it I'm sure look there's opportunities for everyone uh, and uh, but uh, if you just fancy Japan you think oh it's a bit oh Japan's cool Japan's interesting but maybe what you want to do is not necessarily related to Japan then also look follow your heart follow your, your instinct and uh, go with it yeah that's a good advice for sure. And that, yeah, yeah. like you said, if you have some goal to be, uh, I don't know, you want to be a, you, <laughs> I'm trying to think of a good yeah. job, job here, but any job you have, mm. uh, don't, if you, you know, you might be able to find, do it better, not in Japan, even if Japan is some cool place for you, you know, you don't have to be mm. in Japan forever. Japan doesn't have to be forever. If you, know, if you don't want it to be, right? it can be if you want it to be, but then have yeah. To be. Well, I met someone at, uh, on Jet, um, a couple of people maybe they were they were just having like a, a gap year. They were going to start like medical school or something, and then they were doing a Jet a gap year on Jet before mm. they started med- medical school in their home countries. However, I do know a couple of foreigners who became doctors in Japan. They studied in Japan and they became doctors. In Japan, wow. yeah, they studied together with me in Tokyo. They're from Nepal, and uh, so they did the medicine degree, and uh, they graduated, and they got a job as the do- as doctors in Japan. They're still there, I think. One, at, least, wow. at least one of them is still there. Yeah. There you go. So yeah, you, you did both sides of the spectrum, right? You can yeah. stay there forever, and you can learn. That's awesome. But, Raph, yeah. Raphael, thanks for your time today. Where can we? No uh, where do you want people to? Do you have anything online you want to share? I mean, people can check out your Twitter or something, Facebook. Where Where can we see you online if we want to find more of you? Uh, I'm building. I'm rebuilding my website. So uh, once I rebuild my website with my new work, I will let you know the link. <laughs> there you I didn't go. want to have world work. Yet. Okay, and. Uh, <laughs> But it should be good because I'm going to be using a bunch of new media and it's going to be very exciting. And I'm going to, and uh, I want people to look at it and, uh, yeah, and stay in touch. Yeah. Awesome. There you go, guys. So Raphael, thanks for your time today. Wish you the best in the future. And, uh, yeah, talk to you down the line. No worries, no worries. Thank you very much for having me. Yeah. I really hope you enjoyed today's Inside Japan podcast. Dive deeper into our world and learn more about what awaits you. Check out ALTinsider.com and for regular up-to-the-minute job postings, check into jobsinjapan.com for the next big gig. Please tune in for our regular excursions into the world of Japan and good luck. Gambate! Jobs in Japan. Don't go.